But I'm going to get started. Is that cool? Yeah. Good. I don't know why I asked for permission. I trust you're doing well. I actually know most of you are doing well. Maybe some of you are sore. <laughs> Katie, were you sore the first day of work? After work, uh, walk in as much? Not really, it's just my shins hurt for some reason. Oh, really? Do you, are you wearing the clogs? No. Wow, I was hoping she wouldn't. Ooh. Do you wear? I want hokas. Those are dope. What are they? H O K A? Hoka. They're at Dick's Sporting Goods. Okay. That's like a healthy merch store. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah. Is that the one with the logo with like the circle and the other circle and the line down? No, I don't remember. I think that's the only one. Those are thinner hocus are like chunks, but they're, they're cute. Yeah. Bigger than usual. Oh, really? Yeah, they have like a special type of. We're used to working heel toe, so when I used yeah. them, they had a little curve. It was weird, but. They use them to correct certain things when you're walking. My mom said something about the phone. You should get you the house for the house. She walks even louder now. Well, she is carrying another human. She has a little bit better excuse to. And now she's starting to. <laughs> she's starting to go like this instead. Bringing them out. There's some days I walk like that. You know, I'm just tired. <laughs> it's pretty amazing that there's a human inside of you. So That's his body. Why? So, so here's a. Keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I will. Katie's on it too. Um, I don't know why I said that. Why did I say that? Um, oh, I had a great encounter yesterday, not with the Lord, but with an individual. This old man, <laughs> can I say it? It's cool, right? Yeah, it's funny. This old man came up to me, old man Ray. There she is. Old man Ray, he came up to me. He came up to me and, uh, the first time he said, hey, you're finally not on the stage. You can really sing. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know. Intense personality. Yeah, it was really intense. And then he came up to me after the prayer night. <laughs> and he said, I've been meaning to ask you, how do you get those pants on? He <laughs> 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 was like, he's like 75. <laughs> It was awesome. And, uh, you know, it's pretty quiet it's still. Dead silence. Prayer and the prayer night just ended like. <laughs> Ten seconds. <ago>. Yeah. <laughs> he comes running over to me. How do you get your pants on? Those things are tight, huh? I just. Dying, laughing, dead silence. I just get this good belly laugh going. It was so, there you go. There's my story. I said I jump. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah, because a little hot, 
fresh out of the dryer, I gotta jump a little bit too. Jump. <laughs> Sometimes a shoehorn gets involved. <laughs> shoehorn. <laughs> I actually saw a guy uh, this weekend with tighter jeans. And oh, I was gonna like, say it with a shoehorn. So tonight, we're going to talk about, I've titled this, and it's up to you if you want to write it this way or not, okay? But this is my title. Um, you might think of a better one after you've listened to this entire thing. Um, well, it's called The Fame the Holy Spirit Brings. And you're like, whoa, this is going to be controversial. It might be. But I want to start off with this, and we're going to do a good amount of flipping through scripture, flipping through your Bible, so get prepared, do some finger stretches if you need to. Nope. Okay. Today, on August 12th, 2021, there's an event happening right now, as we meet, titled... The global middle finger to end Christianity. Interesting. Isn't that pretty intense? That's an event going on right now. I find that. Um, doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but it's it kind of stunned me a little bit because I was like, "Geez, what did I do to you?" <laughs> you know. Um, and just for all it's worth, there's forty five hundred people. Um, when I was preparing this, well, when I wrote this down this morning, there's 4,500 people going to this event, like who hit going on Facebook, you know, usually a bunch of flaky people just hit the interested, <laughs> which 5,800 people hit the interested button. And then 2,000 people actually shared it in front of their family, in front of their friends, in front of their coworkers, in front of the people that are titled friend on Facebook. So that's a good amount of people, yeah? yeah. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a ton, you know? I mean, they titled it global, but I think it's just an American event um, <laughs> for all it's worth. Um, but still, you know, it's a good amount of people. That's a lot of people. And what they're doing is, right now, seriously, um, what they're doing is holding up middle fingers to the sky in hopes of ending Christianity to create more atheists while fighting the global prayer happening currently. Quite the stance, huh? Yeah. We're in the midst of pretty interesting times, and this is where political stuff will end now. Okay, so rest assured, I'm, I'm done with it. But I just thought that was interesting. We're in very, very interesting times. And I guess I'm going to pose two questions to start this thing off and then we'll go on a rampage, okay? 
that cool? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys with me tonight? Are you guys like yeah. active in thinking, active in brain, active in present? Yes? Yeah. Okay. Because um, if you take any of this out of context, you'll be like, you need the full context of this message. So tune in, okay? Stay focused with me. If you get bored, snap out of it, okay? Deal? Deal. All right. So here's the, we're, like I was saying, we're in the midst of interesting times. Um, there's a whole Facebook group that you can, you know, get on board. And I scrolled through it for a little bit today. Just like, okay, what's, what are people saying? <laughs> you know, why did, I mean, one person was an ex-youth One person was an ex-youth pastor who was now on that page and what they had to say. You know, just very interesting, you know? Um, so I guess here's here's my my two questions without further ado. Are we okay with it? And is this what we signed up for? Are you okay with it? And is this what you signed up for? And I want to add a little bit more language to that. And I'll ask it again after the list. And if I don't, you know, make sure that I do. Okay. Are we okay with it? And is this what we signed up for? We see throughout a lot of scripture that there's a huge, huge bullseye on Jesus since the day he was born. Right. Um, and it's, it has always been about gaining power, gaining influence, not liking what Jesus is doing. I want to be my own God. All of these kinds of under, underlying things, underlying motives, right? And that's why that bullseye's been there, right? Um, I put together a list. Do you, do you mind if I go through the whole list? I spent a good amount of time on it, so I would like to go through it. I don't expect you to write it all down, but if you want a copy of it, just let me know at the end of the night. I can send it to you, okay? Um, there's 56 things on this list, just according to the book of Matthew, of what Jesus actually went through. And I want to highlight everything that's on this list because if we believe that Jesus is the mark of Christianity and the definition of Christianity, this is what we signed up for. Okay? Cool. And then I'll... We'll look back to, back to the title, and then it'll all make sense, okay? It's like I always do, right? Every sermon's always made sense. It's coming to my mouth. So, yeah, right. So this is just according to Matthew, okay? I might cheat on the last one. Nope, didn't cheat on the last one. But this is just according to the book of Matthew. If I did it through all of the books, I wouldn't have made it tonight, okay? So here's my list. I'll, I'll maybe try to write down 10. Okay, let me try to write down 10, all right? First one is, Herod calls to kill all male children in Bethlehem under the age of two because of Jesus. Okay, so that's, you know, before Jesus, frankly, I don't know if this is allowed to say, but frankly had his own thoughts, you know? It was before he literally even did anything. He was just born and there was already a bullseye on him, Okay. Just keep that in mind, all right? Then, uh, so that's Matthew 2. I'm not going to give you the addresses. It'll take me too long. Then the second one is the devil tempted Jesus. Yes? Okay. Should we sign up for that? All right. Then the next one is sickness came 
to Jesus or came his way by means of a leper, right? A leper came out and sought Jesus for healing. Yes. Next thing he encountered was paralysis came his way with the centurion person, right? Okay, next one was his friend's mother-in-law, Peter, got sick. That came his way. Is making sense so far? Yeah. Okay, he had a near-death experience come his way in the midst of that storm, right? Remember when he had to calm it? Yeah. Then two demon-possessed men came his way that needed to be delivered. Then paralysis came his way again, another individual who was paralyzed, who was brought. Then accusations of heresy began to come out against him and delivered to him on his doorstep. Then theological questions regarding fasting, sorry, regarding fasting came about that he came encountered with. Death came his way. Remember the little girl that he raised from the dead? Blind men called for mercy, addressing it to him. A mute man, a man who could not speak, came to him asking, uh, not asking, but begging, you know, couldn't ask because he couldn't talk. All right, next one is he got accused of being controlled by the devil. <laughs> right, okay. Guaranteed. Uh, John the Baptist, his best friend, went to prison because of him. More theological questions came regarding the Sabbath this time. A man with a withered hand came to him and requested healing. More Sabbath questions came about as well tied to that. Underground healings came his way where he started to have to start telling people, hey, hush, hush. Blind, a blind and a mute man were brought to him, brought to his doorstep, came knocking on his door, essentially, said, hey, can you take care of this? Accusations of him being demon-possessed came about again. Pretty fun list, yeah. Theological demands of wanting to see a sign came his way. His family came and tried to get him back in the house so he'd shut up. <laughs> right? Remember when he said, these are my mother's father's brothers and sisters? Yes. Uh, he had to speak in parables to address his culture around him properly. Now his best friend, John the Baptist, was killed because of him. Probably never thought of it that way. 
Then people started to spread, in, spread info that the touch of his garment would make them well. Then theological questions regarding washing of hands came his way. A woman came weeping, begging for a healing to him. I hope you're getting this. He was alone on top of a mountain and crowds came to him with all sorts of needs regarding paralysis, blindness, crippled, mute, and the list goes on. He was on top of a mountain. Vacation. Then some more theological demands and testing regarded signs came, came his way. Then he heard rumors of what people were saying about him. Um, oh, yeah. Then the father of that demon-possessed boy, remember this story where the boy's demon-possessed and he's throwing himself into fire and flames? That father came begging on knee to Jesus, asking and begging for a deliverance of his son. Then more theological questions came up regarding taxes. Then the there was a little bit of friendship quarrels amongst his friends and disciples came his way. Remember who is the greatest? <laughs> a little bit of tension coming into the group. Then there's like a tirade of theological questions. Theological questions regarding forgiveness. Theological questions regarding divorce. And theological questions regarding eternal life. Okay, so just kind of rapid fire theology came to Jesus. Yes? Two blind men came begging for healing. Remember, they're on the side of the road. Hey, son of David, have mercy on me. Then he had to see what his father's house turned into. Remember when he started throwing tables over? He had to witness that. Then another tirade of theological questions. Theological questions regarding authorities and powers. Questions regarding taxes. Questions regarding resurrection. Questions regarding which is the greatest commandment. Questions regarding his returning. Questions regarding anointing and waste. Remember that the house of Bethany where the woman comes with the perfume, breaks it. There's anointing questions tied to that. And also, why in the world is she wasting that? That's like an entire person's wage. With me? Yeah. Okay. Then one of his friends sells their friendship for a bag of 30 silver coins. Another friend... Um, will deny who Jesus is. Then Jesus pleaded with his father that the cross would pass from him, that persecution, that level of physical punishment by man would pass from him. Also had to go through his friends not listening to him, right? He kept on falling asleep over and over and over again. Yeah. Betrayal of that friend leaves him arrested. Theological questions regarding his own identity come about. 
Jesus witnessed his friend deny their friendship. Theological, theological question from a government official regarding his identity as Jesus, as Christ, as the king of the Jews. Then the crowd saw Jesus worse than a criminal. Okay. Was mocked and a crown of thorns pounded into his skull, was mocked with a robe and then stripped off, was then spit on and yelled and mocked by his own identity. And then he had to carry his cross while being spit on and whipped. The majority of this happened after he was baptized by the Holy Ghost. There's only one thing that didn't happen <laughs> prior to that baptismal moment of Jesus Christ. Yes? And which was it? When he was born and when Herod sent out that head on. Yes? Okay, so that's a pretty tough list. Yeah? I can feel it in the room. It's like, oh, frick. Where's this going? Yeah, I know. That's a pretty tough list. And if we truly do believe, if we truly do believe that Jesus is the golden standard for Christianity, and we signed up for that in a sense, we signed up for all of that. Okay? So then it got me thinking of what does the Holy Spirit's infilling bring in my life? What does it do to me? You know? So often we think of just like the butterfly and rainbows, like, oh man, I'm going to have authority. I'm going to have, you know, no fleshly desire. I'm going to have all of these things. I'm going to have it all at my fingertips. All right. And frankly, are we comfortable with all of it? Right? I'm comfortable with the good things of everything, right? I'm comfortable with sour donuts. I'm not comfortable with what they actually do to my body, right? Right? You get it? Okay. And maybe you're thinking, well, Lex, this is a pretty hard line. I mean, this was Jesus and all, right? And it was all prophesied that this would happen. Yeah, totally. I agree with you. You're right. But also, we look at Jesus' perfect theology, correct? He was the golden standard for Christianity. But did you know Jesus prophesied something about us? This will be cool. Write this down. In John 14, verse 12 through 14, it reads this. Ready? It says, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus talking. He's telling us the truth. Okay. I tell you the truth. Who believes in me, whoever believes in me, rather, will also do the works that I do. Great. That sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. Yes. He'll also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will that person do. Okay. Why? Because I'm going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So there's something about these words that should make us a little overwhelmed, especially with the backdrop of that 56 list of things that Jesus went through, right? Everything that I didn't touch on in that list was all teaching, sermons, and such. Okay? Mostly the only things I didn't touch. 
okay? Are you hearing that? Everything else, that was what Jesus did. And that's a short period of time. That's three years, right? There's only one thing on that list that happened before he, he was 30, right? Are you, are you catching, are you grabbing this? Yeah. Yes? All right, because I'm not feeling it in the room. Are you literally grabbing this? Because this is revolutionary, okay? If we, there's something about that verse in John 14 that should overwhelm the crap out of us. What is it? Well, here it is. Am I confident enough and willing enough and wanting enough of being sought out by people to deliver those things on that 56? Are you okay with that? Did you sign up for that? Because I'm not so sure that the theological question one is something we want to take part in. Like, well, wait, I don't know much about eternal life. I just know that I get to go there, question mark. <laughs> right? Or I don't know much about the resurrection. I know the basics. Would that have sufficed for the Pharisees, Sadducees, and religious leaders? I don't think so. Again, if I believe that Jesus is the mark of a Christian life, then I understand that Jesus prophesied that I will do more in his name than he did ever. How long have you been serving the Lord? I'm at 10, almost 11 years. Okay. Cool. Almost two. Almost two years. Great. Three. Three years? Two? Sixteen? Six? Two? So you getting the point? Like, I've got my own list of things that I've done, but I couldn't come up with 56. I've preached 56 sermons, but I don't think that counts. <laughs> Didn't count on my list. <laughs> you get it? All but one of these things that came Jesus's way was in his three years of ministry. That is intimidating. That is overwhelming. Yeah. That is what it means to be a Christian. But maybe you're still thinking, man, that was Jesus though. I feel like that's not fair to compare me to Jesus. Well, Jesus unlocked something, and I'm not diminishing him, okay? So if you hear that, just maybe correct yourself and cast the demon out of yourself. But what I'm talking about is Jesus unlocked something in this realm, in flesh, that is now obtainable to me. Why? Because he was born of the Spirit. Yes? How many of you are born of the Spirit in this room, right? I am. I'm born of the Spirit. Yes. Once, once was born of flesh. Now I'm born of spirit. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the way this works. Jesus was born of the spirit. There was no man, man to man contact in the creation of Jesus. Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. When that dove descended on him, that was imagery of, Hey, this is Holy ghost on a man. Does that make sense? Are you with me?
But something about that John 14, verse 12 should put me straight on my heels and be like, holy crap. (laughs) What did I sign up for? Am I cool with signing up for this still? Okay, that's the question, right? In John uh, 21, verse 25, the very last chapter, the very last verse of the entire gospel, or pack. It reads, now there were also many other things that Jesus did. Okay, I'm going to keep on reading because it's like fascinating what it says there. Where every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books. And remember, that was after John 14 was spoken. Are you grabbing this? <laughs> Are we grabbing what a Christian lifestyle and the reverence of what that brings to us? Of holy crap. Do I want to be that famous? Because <laughs> when you think famous, you're like, oh, well, I'll be on entertainment tonight, or I'll be in the next movie, or I'll I'll be the whatever. <laughs> that's not that's not real fame. The real fame is when somebody drives 500 miles just to come to you so that you can heal. Real fame is when somebody is crazy enough to rip a roof off of a building in order to get their healing. Real fame is crazy enough to interrupt somebody on their vacation on top of a mountain to get their healing. Real fame is just traveling by plane, by foot. Jesus was on foot, just traveling and passing by and something miraculous happening in the midst. That's real fame. Fake fame is I'm going to go hot. (laughs) Right? That's why paparazzi had to come about. It's because, okay, they're trying to hide from us. Right? With real fame, you can't hide. It's not an on and off switch. You get it? Yeah. Making sense? Yes? Yeah. What was the John? John 21, 25. Very last verse of the Gospels. So this is exactly what the Lord's prompting in my life. Okay? So just frankly, here it is. Okay? Like... This is it. The, the, Lord, the Lord is asking a question, Lex, do you actually know what you signed up for? Right? For a long time, I thought I just signed up for the cool signs and wonders, the miraculous stuff, you know, the cool stuff of getting, getting to see people saved and, saved and born again, you know, all these things. Those are awesome things. Those are awesome works. But then there's the other side of the coin where you get Facebook pages built against you. You get people calling you demon-possessed. You get parents ripping you apart. You get people invading everything in your life, ruining your privacy to chalk you up as a heretic. You also get that side of the coin too. It's not just I get to pick and choose what the world gives me. It's I get to pick and choose surrendering to the Lord. I didn't get to choose. There's a bunch of people right now Give me a middle finger to the Lord. 
I didn't get to choose that, but it's happening to me. And it's in the face of Christianity. So it's happening to me and it's happening to my father. It's happening to Allah, right? Do you get it? Yes. So here's the big question. Your name here, do you know what you're signing up for? Do you know what you have signed up for? And no, this is not to invest in fear in your life. I'm not doing that tonight. I'm just, you know, it's pretty cool that we have a community around us that we, you know, that we can weather the storm with, right? But things are going to happen. I, I, I promised myself I would never preach that, but, you know, things are going to happen. I'm not in control of the world, right? The world is devoted to the devil, and that's the way it is, and that's fine, right? But I can't be tempted by those cares anymore, right? Because I'm delivered. I had a holy deliverance that took over my body so that the devil would not have a home anymore, right? This is what holiness means. Yes? And frankly, guys, yeah, I've experienced some of this list, right? I've experienced the mocking. I've experienced the theological questions. I've experienced the healings. To name a few, right? I've experienced some of those things, and that's great, right? But what I feel like I'm learning is the more, let me say it this way, the closer I draw near to the Lord, the closer the devil wants me. That's what I've learned. Did you hear me? The more I draw near to the Lord, maybe I'll say it this way. The more I draw near to the Lord, the more the devil wants me. Right? The devil understands that the Lord has the most powerful influence ever to be seen. The devil understands that. Right? He understands that. So when you draw near to the Lord, he wants you even more. Not because he loves you, not because he has any type of affection for you, but because he wants his purposes driven out because he is a greedy, greedy little genie God. Right? Are you hearing me? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I've experienced some of these things, but I have never been on vacation and someone found out that I was in their city, <laughs> that a spirit-filled person was in their city, and then... For one reason or another, they hunted me down to come ask me for a healing or to come ask me a theological question or to challenge my belief system, right? Yeah. Jesus traveled all over. It wasn't just the same religious leaders, Pharisees and Sadducees challenging them every single day. It wasn't like, oh, there's Phil again. Great. Oh, great. Here he comes. It wasn't the same group. It was a different group in every single different city. Are you grabbing this? Right? It wasn't just like Chuck and Dave. That's the pet store guys, right? Screw those guys. Yeah, I'm just joking. <laughs> it wasn't just Chuck and Phil down the road who were like, no, man, it's you again. You're not preaching on my block. No, it was not like that. It was a different group in a different city. Mostly every time. Are you hearing this? Yeah. Okay. So frankly, I've never been hunted down on vacation. And the other side of that, which I'll invite you into is, and when I'm on vacation, am I even thinking about it? Hmm. Or am I taking a Sabbath from the Lord? <laughs> Oops. 
right? When's the last time, oh, I went to Hawaii, so now I'm just, you know, I'm just gonna shut it off today, dude. I'm just gonna surf, bro. All right, cool. But like, what if, what's the Lord telling you to do even on vacation? <laughs> I mean, that's radical, right? We see people doing it today. That's really cool. Okay, maybe not. So that's Jesus though, right? Okay. That's Jesus. That's only for Jesus, right? Well, no, it's not. Because we have stories post-gospels about the apostles. And I could do another list, but I don't feel like that would be effective for you. But, you know, it involves stuff <laughs> like shadows, like handkerchiefs, like aprons. It involves those kinds of things. And those things don't usually collide in my brain when I think about God Almighty. Uh, so I don't know about you guys, but that's just one of those things that doesn't collide, so it must be something miraculous. Yes? Yeah. It must be something very, very rare. Yes? Yeah, I mean, we saw Jesus in the garment rumor, right? And it worked. It, it did work. But he was still touching it. Paul just sent sweaty handkerchiefs and expelled demons by him. Did you know that? Like, that's crazy. He took literally a snot rag out of his pocket said, this will do the trick. Take it to them. They threw it on somebody's face, and then, boom, demon leapt out. What? <laughs> what? I, that's not even in my world of thinking right now that that's even a possibility, right? I know it is because I had to read it, but, like, <laughs> it's not a possibility in my mind. Like, I, yeah, I might have a faith for it, but heck no, I don't believe that that could happen, <laughs> Right? The Lord can do whatever he wants, yes? But do I believe that he can? Uh, yeah. You understand the weight of this? Good. That's pretty intense. Those things were not seen in Jesus' ministry. And I guarantee the apostles said, or heard, rather, I guarantee the apostles heard, where's that in the Bible? I guarantee they heard it. You get it? So this whole thing brings a whole new meaning to write this down. Second Timothy chapter four, verses one through two. And it reads, in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead and and in view of the appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Here it is. You might want to underline it in your Bible later on. It says, preach the word or share the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful, careful instruction. What I want to highlight is, in season and out of season. A little bit ago, I said, I don't believe in seasons. Yeah, exactly. Because I need to be ready no matter what. Yes. Like I'm not in a season of the Lord inviting me into holiness. No, it's the rest of my life. Until I obtain it. <laughs> I wanted some bad, you know. You get it? I need to be ready in and out of season, a.k.a. 
I need to be ready at all times to share the word. Yes? Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I'm glad we got that. Okay. But what I get hung up on still, and I wish that I could, I, I wish I could shake it, but there's this, this hope in my body or this want in my body, this, this desire in me that wants to clock in and clock out of Jesus. If I'm just being honest, you know, I, yeah, if I invite you guys to be honest, I'm going to be honest myself. There's still this want in my body, in my heart, in my mind. I don't know where it's coming from. I'm still trying to figure it out where I want to clock in and I want to clock out. I still have these moments where I want to watch a show that's probably not good for me, right? I want to watch South Park sometimes and just have a silly goose time, right? Even if it is annoying and I hate their voices, it's still, you know, you get in these moods. You're just like, yeah, all right, that's fine. It's not uplifting to me at all. Oh, great, all right, right? Or act in a way that I, I want to, but I know that I shouldn't, right? And I have to catch myself. I have to catch myself every single time, right? I still have this desire. I know you guys resonated with this because I know you guys. I still have this desire. I want to clock in, I want to clock out. I want to turn on Jesus, I want to turn off Jesus, right? Over my own life. I want that sometimes, but I can't do it anymore. I can't shut off who I'm designed to be in. I can't shut off who I'm called to be anymore. Check this out. In Leviticus 19, I know Leviticus is going way back, right? You're like, well, nothing good's in Leviticus. Actually, there's a lot of good in Leviticus. It says this, Leviticus 19, verse 2, it says, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Oh, Okay. Uh, how can I twist that so it doesn't sound? Oh, I can't. <laughs> Frick. All right. So he first declares that I shall be holy. Yes? Yes? He first declares that. He doesn't say his holiness first. He first declares what I should be doing. Then he declares who he is. Yes? Are you hearing this? Okay. What's so important about that is he is calling us to a higher standard before he's ever showing us the fullness of who he is. He's calling us to that holiness before he even stated that he's holy. Right? Are you getting this? He's calling us into something that, yeah, is tough. It's been tough. Not in like, oh, man, I'm just getting beat up by the Holy Spirit. No, <laughs> I'm not getting beat up by the Holy Spirit. I don't believe in that. I believe in being edified by the Spirit, right? Because he's disciplinary, not punishing. Yes? Okay. I'm glad we all know that. All right. Do you know what this word holy means? Anybody have some guesses what the word holy actually means? Set apart. Great. Good. Anybody else want to add to it? Or that's what she said, right? Pure. Okay, good. What else? Sacred. Sacred, yes. What else? Righteous. Righteous, good. I can't do that. Clean, good. Here's what I wrote down. Dedicated or consecrated to God. Set apart. Sacred. Check this one out. Something that is dedicated or set apart for the service or worship of a deity. What's a deity? A God. It's considered worthy of spiritual respect or devotion 
or inspires awe or reverence among believers. Huh, interesting. Isn't that really interesting? That's holiness. That's holiness. The problem sometimes is that we don't understand who we really are. And we don't understand who we are, then therefore we don't understand who we are to be. Right? Yeah. Right? I mean, gosh, some of you guys would go into a full-blown spiral of one thing got taken out of your life and be like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? Right? Maybe not. We have to be holy. We have to be holy. Consecrated. Devoted to God that he would have first place. Period. We have to be holy. Going back to Jesus, Matthew 4, verse 24 and 25, it says, His fame spread throughout all Syria. Many, who, many people who are in pain and suffering with every kind of illness were brought to Jesus, were brought, brought to Jesus. That means somebody, that means somebody could come knock on that door right now and expect their healing if we're true Christians. And good thing we're in, oh, maybe not, right? <laughs> oh, good thing we're in good company. Good thing Madison's here. You know, great, good. I'm glad she's got that. All right, I'll be back here. I'm gonna make the I'm gonna make the cider after afterwards celebration, right? No. Who would be running first? Who would be so confident? I know this is for me. Or would we have to sit them down and they'd have to tell us their whole life story and then, and so this is what's going on. This is why this ailment came about and all these things and then our hope would be stirred up enough. You get it? You hearing me tonight? Maybe not. Okay. They were brought to Jesus. Jesus didn't go say, oh, where's, where's, the, where's the hospital? You understand that Jesus never went to a hospital? At least it doesn't say it. He never went to a hospital and just walked down the freaking... <laughs> he just walked down the hallways and say, Yeah! And then everything was healed. He didn't do that. It doesn't say that. People ripped roofs off in their expectation. People went crazy. Right? That dude, Zacchaeus, had to climb a tree. There were so many people around. And he wasn't even looking for a healing. He just wanted to see him. Right? Are you getting it? Like, this is crazy, dude. This is what the Lord is saying that we will do even more of than him. But anyway, back to that verse. It says, many people who were in pain and suffering with every kind of illness were brought to Jesus for their healing. Epileptics, paralytics, and those tormented by demons we're all set free. All. Not some. All. All were set free. Everyone who was brought to Jesus was healed. 
holy frick, that's in the Bible. Great. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Because if it didn't happen that way, it would really mess with my theology. Okay, good. The result, this resulted in massive crowds of people following him, including people from Galilee, Jerusalem, the land of Judah, the region of the 10 cities known as the Decapolis, such a long title, and beyond the Jordan River. Tons of people, all different demographics, even the 10 cities known as the Decapolis. 10 cities, just in that the little, the, are you getting it? This many people were just following him around, <laughs> not seeking for anything, just following him. Some of them brought Great. And did they just kind of latch on like the game? Maybe if you remember Snake, just kind of had to the back. You get my point? Yeah. Is this what you want? Truly. Is this what you want? Jesus was placed in a holy fishbowl by God Almighty. There was no escape. Anybody seen the Truman Show? Jim Carrey movie, The Truman Show? They built this whole entire bubble and they created a TV show all around this one guy, Truman. And he lived in a, a fishbowl. There's no escape in this guy's life. If you haven't seen it, you should really watch it. It's actually a very well done film. But there's something about that movie that there's a spiritual side of it. Everything revolved around Truman, just like everything revolves around Jesus when he was on earth. Everything revolved. A holy fishbowl. There's 5,000 cameras in the Truman Show. 5,000 cameras. All watching everything that he was doing. In his house, in his bedroom, in his basement, in his bathroom, in his shower, in this, in that, in that. What he was doing at work, what he was doing behind the scenes at work. Everything was seen. You get it? Yeah. There's no escape. There's no escape. Jesus was placed in a fishbowl by God Almighty. Do you want it? Do you want that? Truly? <laughs> or maybe better stated, do you want him more than anything else? And are you willing to be the same everywhere you go? Everywhere you go. So I'm a, you know, guys, let's just be really honest with each other. We're different people here than we are at Boondocks. How do I know that? Because I've went to Boondocks with most of you guys. I have. You're different people here than you are at whatever. You are. Why? I don't know. You can only answer that. I only know you so well. Right? We're different people. But there's something that happens when our belief comes alive full time. Why? Because John verse seven, or sorry, chapter seven, verse 38 says, he that believes in me out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. That's in the Bible. When's the last time you experienced that? When was the last time you went through that? 
This is the very life of the risen Christ in everything, moving us to do his will. Is this what you truly want? To truly just thirst for God. To truly just desire God. To truly just submit to the plans of God. To truly just submit to the purposes of God. Is that truly what you want? Do you really want God's plans? Do you really want God's thoughts? Do you really want to be God's vessel, to be God's servant? Do we really, really, really want it? To be partakers in the divine nature, to manifest the life of Jesus to the world costs everything. But we gain one thing. Yeah. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is he worth it? I got a call out of the blue from a former pastor in my life. And he said, how sad are you in staying in Colorado? Call out of the blue. You know, this wasn't like a guy that we talk every single week or really even every single month. He's like, how sad are you to stay just in Colorado? And I said, well, my preference is here, but... If the Lord calls me, I can't ignore him. He's like, well, pray into that. I'm like, oh, great. You know something that I don't know, you know, kind of thing. Like, how tightly do we hold on to our preferences? How tightly do we hold on to the people in our life? How tightly do we hold on to this? How tightly do we hold on to that? How tightly do we hold on to our jobs, our, our educations, our, our clothing, our whatever it is? How tightly do we hold on to it? And would we lose a part of us if it got stripped away from us? 